Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Service for all brands of print equipment in your office? Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Welcome back, everybody. 134 in Edmonton Royal Pizza. Pizza pasta, so much more. Edmonton owned and operated for over 50 years. Royal Pizza offering curbside pickup takeout options for a menu and a list of their 13 Edmonton and area locations. Go online at royalpizza.ca or download the Royal Pizza app from the App Store. Stoffer, recommendation at Royal Pizza, the Mediterranean chicken. Well, we've had Leon Dreisaitl and Mark Spector on today's show, but today's Oilers Now headliner for touchback safety is Al May. From fall protection to forklift training, trust the experts at touchbacksafety.com. Your safety is their goal. Hello, Al. How you doing? Doing great, Bob. How are you doing? Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Leon Dreisettle winning the Ted Lindsay Award voted upon by the players and winning the Hart Trophy voted upon the media. Uh, your thoughts on that, Al? Exactly how I would have voted. And I'm not surprised that the players voted them in. Uh, I am so surprised with some of the press because if you look at how Colorado was as a team compared to the Oilers and we get into all that ticky-tack stuff about how valuable players were to their team. But I would have voted Dreisaitl first in both of those categories uh, and both of those votes. And uh, just a phenomenal player. And I remember when he was drafted, people were talking about his skating. You know, maybe he was a little heavy-footed. Well, he can skate around anyone in the league. He used strength, power, speed, and the shot's phenomenal. The hands, they're a gift. And uh, Edmonton Oilers fans are lucky for the next decade that they're going to have those two guys tearing it up but uh very deserving for leon to get that do you think it's different for the players today in terms of the amount of information they can source than maybe when you played uh back in the uh you know for the most part you were early 1990s is is it is it a different scenario how much of it was word of mouth back then and how much it was actually a chance to watch the games because today i mean you've got you can access any highlight any game you want for highlights each night on youtube and and that sort of thing well, it definitely is more impressive now because there are more eyes on players, and I'm not sure how much how many of the media members actually watch all of the players. Uh, but the players know from being on the ice. Uh, you know, they get out there firsthand, and whether it's two games or, or six games against in a season, or you get to really understand how good these players are. And everyone watches, you know, whether it highlights on their phone or, or staying up later and watching the hockey highlight channels. It's important to know who the best players are and what's going on around the league. And I think it's more dialed in now than when I played. When I played, you know, unless you're a guy that actually liked to watch hockey like myself, a lot of guys didn't pay attention to what was going on around the league. And you didn't know until you actually had the guys in game. But right now there's so much access. The only thing I don't like is if you're looking for bad on a player, there's a lot of access to skew numbers like an accountant. 
and, and go out there and make attacks on players without, you know, really evaluating how good are the teams that they're on, how good is the coaching. You know, it's, you know the Oilers last year especially, you know, it was just so dependent on those two players a season ago on McDavid and Dreisaitl, and they didn't get enough credit for what they had done, but they're absolutely phenomenal players. But once again, you can go to the analytics department and you can poke holes in any player in the league's game. Yeah, it's uh, it's an interesting situation. As a player voting uh, on uh, on what was then the uh, Pearson Award, did you uh, did you ever vote for a guy you hated playing against? Or you know, what? I mean, you absolutely you absolutely had to. You had to vote for who, who the best players were, and I I think most players are big enough to understand right, right, that right. you know if that player were on your team you're definitely going to you you know you'd want them on your team there's guys that you absolutely hate and despise some guys you just hate the way they look but you get them on your team and they're the greatest guys in the world so i think most players would be past that uh where they wouldn't vote for someone uh because they didn't have a, a personal like form say an edmonton pittsburgh rivalry edmonton calgary uh, right. washington pittsburgh i should say edmonton calgary type of rivals or toronto montreal it's easy to hate the other guys when there's been so much animosity printed in the media well i, I mean i'm just thinking like you know when you played it was a, a considerably different game at the height of the battle of alberta i mean 1989-90 the flames had won the cup in 89 mark messier uh won the pearson and the mvp in 1990 uh and and that you know mark messier did most of his fighting historically speaking against the calgary flames like those two teams had a true hate on, but I'm sure there was an immense amount. I know today, talking to the great Oilers players, Al, uh, they had nothing but the utmost respect for the likes of Lanny McDonald and a guy like Jim Poplinski who fought a lot, that sort of thing. Well, you know what? Actually, I would have a hard time voting Poplinski in any category back when I was playing because he was easy to despise and dislike, but fortunately he was never really up for any trophy in any category. But yeah, I could have thought back then because just the, you did play each other a lot more, and then you had those hellacious preseason games that were really just boxing matches. And, you know, the, the rivalries were certainly different. There was a whole different tone of physicality. It wasn't so, you know, built up in the media. You know, the Battle of Alberta, how many – awesome tilts that we had over the last few seasons when you think of that you know players dropping their gloves and you know yeah. all of the different things that happen and it's just i think a completely different period of hockey back then compared to where we're at now yeah absolutely uh john carlson did not get the uh norris trophy vote it went to roman yossi your thoughts on that you watch john carlson on a daily basis he got off to an incredible start to the year well, I actually, think I expected Yossi to get it last night because when I think of the Nashville Predators, he is the player that I watch. He is the one guy that stands out every game. He's a bona fide superstar, and he was good from start to finish. Carlson was phenomenal in the first three months of the season, and he got a little tired, I think, in late January and February. And you know, all of a sudden, everyone is in Yossi's corner, so I'm not surprised by it. But Carlson, you know, at the pace he was on, he was going to hit 100 points you know, by the end of the regular season. And, or it would have been pretty close. So it had been pretty hard just in that statistical category not to vote him in. But like everything, no one had the benefit of finish this season. And I thought Roman Yossi really came on strong and, and such a, an incredible push in his play. And I look at him play, and when you're playing the Predators, he's like a four-corner defenseman. He's not just the guy that patrols the front of his own net and rushes the puck up down the ice and takes care of his corner. He's everywhere, and uh, he really stands out playing on that team. It's a lot like when you're watching Colorado. You notice 
no one but Nathan McKinnon, really. He's just everywhere. And the Oilers with, with McDavid and Drysdale, you, you can't take their eyes off of them. And I can't say that you say that about John Carlson, but at the end of the night, without rushing the puck, all of a sudden, he's up on the board. You know, he's had two or three points. Uh, he's got the, you know, the power play puck movement, but he's not all over the place like Roman Yossi. So, uh, completely different players, both deserving to be up there. And I think Yossi, the right guy, got it. All right. Uh, Al May, Washington Capitals broadcaster for a decade plus now, former Washington Capitals player. Uh, and the Washington Capitals now have Peter Laviolette as their head coach. That probably bodes well from Washington because this guy seems to be able to get teams to Stanley Cup Finals. He's done it three times. He won in Carolina. He obviously got the Flyers and later the uh, Nashville Predators to the Stanley Cup. Your thoughts on the hire? Well, it was a two-horse race. It was going to either be him or Babcock. And, you know, the, maybe the lesser of two weevils for the media noise surrounding Babcock last year, a lot of attacks after he was let go in Toronto. But you do look at you know, three trips to the finals. He only has a three-year contract. So what they're planning on is to getting the most out of the remaining seasons of Ovechkin, Backstrom, Oshie, Carlson, who all are in their 30s. And they, they've got a limited time left to be top-tier players. And, it takes so much to win. So getting a guy that immediately commands respect in the dressing room for what he's done as a coach in the National Hockey League. And I do like what he does. The immediate impact that he has had everywhere that he's been, well, instantly in Carolina, I think it was the first or second season he won a Stanley Cup. Uh, he went, took Philly to the finals right off the bat. And then Nashville, I think it was in the second year there. But a, a guy that can get fiery with the players, that's a no-nonsense guy that is very direct, I don't think he's harsh, though, but he will take ice time away from players. He will sit players out, and he does push buttons. And I think the, the Capitals definitely needed to have a coach that pushed buttons. And rather than, you know, let Kuznetsov get away with murder from not, you know, putting out and playing as best as he can, I think you have to have a veteran guy that, that's done it in the past and said, you know what, it's not good enough. You're not going to play. You're not going to get your ice time. Switch him down the line. I look in the playoffs this year, Jacob Rana didn't do much. And he kept going out in a top six role every game, second unit power play. And he, he was pointless. Uh, he had a couple of breakaways, but a breakaway doesn't make your game. It was all the other areas. And I think having a veteran coach that's been there and done that, not going to let players get away with it, whether it's a demotion down to the third line or the fourth line or into the press box, those things have to happen. So I think Laviolette is the kind of guy that can have an immediate impact on the Washington Capitals. And I expect it to be because – they are kind of older. All those defensemen, they've got one guy that's not 29 years old or, or, or you know, only one player, and that's Jonas Siegenthaler. Got out a couple games in the playoffs. He's 23 years old. Everyone else is 29, 30, and 31 years old. So you have to get the most out of this team while you can. It's not going to be as easy this season to manipulate contracts. I think buyouts are going to be very uh, scarce in how the National Hockey League teams are doing it this year. So you're going to have to go dollar for dollar in your trades. And if you're not able to go dollar for dollar, you're going to have to make sure that you're doing everything with the roster that you do have. Uh, Al, uh, your thought? We're tied 1-1, Stanley Cup final. Tampa Bay, Dallas. Your thoughts at the stage we're at right now? Well, I, I've been in Dallas's corner throughout the playoffs, and the reason is that they've got that big group of mobile defensemen that keeps everyone to the outside. And the forwards, they're big, they're fast. Uh, they play a disciplined, defensively structured game. But when they get in power play trouble or penalty trouble, I should say, 
You're giving the other team too many opportunities, and you're taking your offensive players off the ice from any type of offensive role that they can create. They've had a great look of balanced scoring throughout their lineup. When you think of it, you're getting contributions, contributions from all four lines. The defensemen are chipping in. Hudobin is the story of the playoffs for me. I think right now he's the MVP in my mind. And I look at Tampa. You know, they finally added some grit to their team, and there's a lot of pushback from them. But I still think they're not quite ready with their top-tier guys to get to the middle of the net to battle. And so uh, right now I still think this is going to be a long series, a seven-gamer. But I'm saying the edge goes to the Dallas Stars because of their commitment to physicality and defense. But the biggest thing is stay out of the penalty box because there's just so many ramifications. And you look at Kucherov, he, he wants to play in the power play, I believe, more than he does five-on-five. Five. So you've got to eliminate him from being an effective player during the game. It's interesting. We just had Mark Spector on talking about uh, John Cooper saying that his top end guys have got a greater commitment to, to you know to win in three nothing than maybe win in eight or nine nothing. And I, I brought up Kucherov's playing game one, and I'm like, well, he said that after game two, after you know Dallas kind of self destructed early. I, I got to tell you, do you believe in teams of destiny? I mean, I'm looking at Dallas, and they could have come. We could have returned to play in a different format, maybe by division, and Dallas would have been playing. The Colorado, a healthy Colorado Avalanche team. Edmonton would have been playing Vancouver, and instead, where we return to play five versus twelve, and Edmonton had more points, but Dallas had marginally better points percentage. They got that four seed. They got a chance to warm up. Uh, they're down against Calgary. They rallied. Calgary had them on the ropes. They got a Colorado team that was injured. Vegas. A lot of people thought they were, you know, they're going to handle Dallas no problem, and, and you know, outshot them in stretches. I'm starting to think the Dallas Stars are a team of destiny. Al, what do well, you think? I'm with, well, things are, you know, they, they've had so much commitment from their players to do all of those little things right, that they're they're thriving in the environment. That's the bubble in Edmonton right now, and have done a very good job of making sure that they're adapting every single game. They've never counted themselves out. They've never felt sorry for themselves. N- not many people had them picked to be in the finals, let alone 100%, 100%, 100%. 100%. And I look at the group, though, that they have. They are fast. They're strong. A lot of people are getting to know the names of these players. Uh, if, if they didn't already, like Miro Haskin, and I've, I've been watching him play in my hometown of Dallas for years, for a couple of years, and I cannot believe the ability in his skating. And to me, probably the best skating defenseman in the National Hockey League. It's absolutely phenomenal what he can do out there. And we don't see him playing a careless game. So, you know, whatever Rick Bonus has done since the departure of Montgomery, uh, the communication with the players to have them ready. But I look at the defenseman. John Klingberg has never played better. And I attribute a lot of that to Todd Nelson, the former Oilers coach, uh, with what he's done back there. Because Essa Lindell looks to me like he's the best defensive defenseman in the National Hockey League right now. He's playing a strong physical game, great with the outlet passes. But they have bought into the team concept. They're not about getting out there in the power play and trying to win games that way. They're trying to ground and pound, and they're doing a pretty good job. And you could tell at the start of game one that they were definitely going to win that one. They, they yes. came out crashing and banging right off the start. Yep. Great stick work. Stayed out of the box. And then late in the game, they got themselves in a little bit of trouble, and there was carryover in the, two, in the game two. But I, I still believe that they have identified, and they are who they are. They've played basically the same way the last couple of seasons. It's not like they had to go and you know, bring in 10 guys. Like Tampa has completely transformed their roster to when the Caps punked them a couple of years ago and what Columbus was able to do last year. Uh, they brought in a lot of different guys. But I still look at the continuity of Dallas's overall game plan. And to me, 
them not having to adjust too much to continue to get to where they're at right now, I think it bodes well for them hoisting their second Stanley Cup. Al, great stuff. As always, we appreciate your time. Yep, take care, Bob. Thank you. You, you bet. Longtime NHL broadcaster, former NHL enforcer, Alan May. 149 at Edmonton. We're going to go into the Oilers now. Audio Vault for Direct Workware. When we return in Oilers now. Hi, this is Oscar Clefbaum from the Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Shed. 150 in Edmonton. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer, Brendan Escott with you in Oilers Now. To the Oilers Now Audio Vault for Direct Workwear, where safety meets savings at Edmonton, Fort McMurray, and online at directworkwear.com. Leon Dreisettle was asked yesterday. Of course, we had the live interview with him today. We didn't hit on this because I knew we had this in the hopper. He was asked yesterday about joining Dirk Nowitzki as the only German athletes to win MVPs in North American sports. It means a lot. Um, you know, Dirk is obviously someone that, that I look up to, uh, someone that I admire, um, you know, the way he presents himself and the way he, um, you know, really has achieved any everything that, that there is to achieve for a pre- professional athlete in North America. So, uh, yeah, he's always been someone that I look up to and, um, it's it's a big honor for me to to be in that conversation with them. And again, for Direct Workwear, where safety meets savings in Edmonton, Fort McMurray, and online at directworkwear.com. We're in the Oilers Now Audio Vault segment, and Drysaddle added these comments on winning the Lindsay and Hart despite Connor McDavid's presence on the team. Yeah, I mean, it, it means a lot. You know, I... I I know the comments, or I know what a lot of people think. Um, you know, I was always, uh, you know, my opinion was always a little different, but everyone has their own opinion. Um, you know, obviously I found some chemistry with, with Yamo and, and Nuge. Um, you know, we, we, we clicked at the end and, and had a good run. So that, that definitely helped. And, um, again, the whole team throughout the entire year, uh, coaching staff, you know, the trust they put in me and, and, you know, getting me out there over and over again, even though, I probably didn't deserve it at times. Um, you know, I'm, I'm just very thankful for that. And, um, you know, I think Connor and I have a, a very healthy, great uh, competition and relationship. And, and um, you know, we just try and, try and make each other better every day. There you go. Uh, the Oilers now audio vault for direct work where Bob Stoffer, Brendan Escott with you to the stay in Oilers history, Brendan. Back in 1997, the Oilers make some preseason roster cuts and among them, friend of the show, George LaRock, who spent 46 games with the AHL's Hamilton Bulldogs that year, racking up 154 penalty minutes. He was also called up for 11 games uh, with the big club. He had 59 pims, but no points. All right. Uh, two are Ashley Fine Floors Tech. Next line at 780-496-0063. CJY said, Bob, uh, Mark talked about Edmonton Winters. Has he ever spent winter in Winnipeg or Detroit or Chicago? Lots of cities have crappy winters. I live in Calgary, and it's not like we're growing bananas down here in January, says a text here from Calgary. There's lots of factors. I mean, Brian Burke's premise, and that was the genesis of the conversation with Spec. Brian Burke's premise was Canadian teams are at a disadvantage because of tax. The team that has, gets screwed the most are the Montreal Canadiens because Quebec has the uh, your tax the most in the province of Quebec. So that and, and the Montreal Canadiens 
you know, you're talking about a 21,000-seat arena. You're talking about one of the richest regional television deals in the NHL. The Canadians are a wealthy organization, but they've also been a revenue contributor in revenue share. And again, the top kind of 10 or 11 teams contribute each year. The bottom 10 or 11 teams take out. And one of the problems that's happened for Gary Bettman is that some of the Sunbelt markets brought in, Florida and Arizona, uh, those teams have continuously been a drain on uh, league finances, uh, revenue sharing-wise, year after year after year after year. And that was a concern that people had when there was the fight for uh, revenue sharing in the league, is while we can't have the same partners over and over again, costs, and, and, which is why I think in the case of Arizona, I'm going to be very intrigued to see how they handle things uh, in the future there. Uh, am I the only one in the city that doesn't care what dry settle won? Win me a blanken cup, says the texter. Even Leon Dreisaitl alluded to that last night that he would gladly trade the two awards for the Stanley Cup championship. That is the way all, uh, I think all players think on that issue. I mean, it really is a sport that it's not about the individual, right? It's, it's about how many cups you win. It is. Like, put it this way. In baseball, getting selected into the Baseball Hall of Fame is a mammoth deal. It's a more individual sport. Pitcher faces the hitter, right? Hockey's a different sport, even though it's awesome that there's seven Oilers from the 1980s with Kevin Lowe's edition this year in the Hockey Hall of Fame. It, it's about championships. And if anything, success with a team defines uh, and plays a greater factor, I think, in getting the Hall of Fame where in hockey, whereas just pure numbers do in the case of baseball. Speaking of numbers, J.R. in Calgary goes, how long until Wayne Gretzky gets an award named after him at the NHL level? Maybe for most assists in a season. Thanks from J.R. Of course, Rocket Richard most goals. I would argue maybe it's time to they rename the Pearson Award the Ted Lindsay Award. Maybe it's time to rename the Art Ross Trophy. Maybe it should be the Wayne Gretzky Trophy. Bob uh, from Reggie and Reggie, you missed the fact that Quebec uh, get all the transfer payments. Well, that's another conversation for another day, but it does tie into what's shaking and taking place tomorrow. We'll have an abbreviated version of Oilers now for you. The federal throne speech will run until 1 p.m. tomorrow, so we will start Oilers now after 1 p.m. Uh, news on 6.30. Chad Guests on tomorrow's show will include Brian Lawton, former general manager of the Tampa Bay Lightning. He started Octagon as an agency. Brian will join us from the NHL Network. David Staples from the Cult of Hockey. Reed Wilkins has Inside Sports Night from 6 to 8. Thank you very much to Brendan Escott for once again helping put the show together with me today. And thank you to all of you who took time to text us and communicate back to us. Up next, a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell, followed by the 6.30 Chad Afternoons with Jayla and I. Have a terrific Tuesday, everybody. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.